The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on High at Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of High at Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Yeah, good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Tuesday, January the 2nd, and today is, oh, Rico, you're going to love this, bro. Today is, it's National Cream Puff Day. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's also National Buffet Day. Make sure you pick up a cream puff the next time you're rolling through the buffet. It's also, oh, this is is a good one, Todd. You're going to love this, Todd. It's National Personal Trainer Awareness Day. Nice. Yes. Nice. And this is for you, Simon. It's National Science Fiction Day. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Rumble, Instagram. I think I might have forgot one, but whatever. You guys can figure it all out. All them socials. Yeah, all of them socials. So welcome to everyone joining us from any one of those platforms, and we are going to kick it off today with, that's right, is Mr. Rico Lamit, the dope dad himself, who managed, since it's a work day, to do his hair today. That's right. It is the dope dad <laughs> himself, Mr. Rico Lamit. Ah, uh, yeah, Jason. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, you got a new Happy- new backdrop. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I switched it out. You went, I see. What, what like is that? that? Is, is that paper bag background? Brown <laughs> <laughs> paper bag. Paper bag boy. <laughs> like Looks like an old school book cover from the 80s. You know, yeah, I'll just, I'll just yeah, switch it, it up every now and again. I, you know, I get, usually every uh, quarter, every I quarter? switch up the background. Okay. So, um, All right. Now, I guess you guys will be watching every three months. Mm-hmm. So I got to make sure I keep three to four months, make sure I keep shit fresh. <laughs> quarters, quarters but, are um, three months, bro. Quarters are three months. I said every three to four months. I said every quarter you or said, so. I don't do it like on the dime. Quarter you know what I'm or so. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Remind well, I have a calendar. little bit of my yeah. voice left from uh, this weekend. Let me go ahead and read this damn story, Jason. So <laughs> whether y'all were ready or not, 2024 is here. And each time a new year arrives, it comes accompanied with new opportunities and challenges. From an insider operator's standpoint, 2023 had plenty of ups and downs to reflect on, but it's time now to shift that focus to standing on business for 2024. 
To get a beat on a general forward-looking sentiment, uh, Green Market Reports' John Schroyer sent out a uh, sat with industry executives from various positions along the cannabis value chain and asked them what their predictions were as to what they think most likely will happen this year in the industry. Uh, lots of good stuff to pick through on this one, but for sake of time, I cherry picked a few of the notable, a few of the notables. Um, first one was uh, Morgan Paxia, co-founder and managing director of Poseidon Investment Management. Came out the gate swinging, this brother did, uh, boldly saying 2024 will be the most exciting ever in the cannabis industry and that he foresees the federal government reclassifying cannabis rescheduled as a Schedule Three controlled substance on April 20th, 2024. Getting cute with the numbers once oh, again. What do you think ridiculous. about that, Jason? He's an idiot. What do you think about <laughs> He's that? He's an idiot. Anyone, no, anyone, anyone so. that's advocating for Schedule Three is just a natural born idiot. Right. He went on to predict that the move alone will boost operators by ushering in a, quote, new wave of liquidity and a surge in MMA, MMA activity, maybe MMA activity, too. A surge. Uh, he huh? also said a surge. <laughs> he believes that hemp-derived, you heard it right here, Jason, mm -hmm. hemp-derived Delta 9 THC products and other naturally occurring intoxicating hemp-derived can cannabinoids will be forced into regulated channels, closing the farm bill loophole. He said that the industry won't see what they won't see, however, is progress on safer banking. Shots fired, Jason. Oh, Your God. shit is trash. Safe banking is dead. <laughs> haters. Instead, a Garland memo. He said a uh, Merrick Garman, Garland, a Garland memo. Garland. Like, Garland. Yeah, Garland. Garland. I know. I know. Yeah. Like protection. Oh, so you like to hold on. You like to you like to protect the names of these fucking Republicans and, and, and actually say them right. But as soon as somebody who's not a, I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. All right. So instead of a Garland memo, like protection will be introduced alongside Schedule Three in response to Boise's Schiller Flexner lawsuit against Attorney General Mary Garland on behalf of several cannabis companies. Uh, so it's a lot under him, but um, I'm just going to screen through these real quickly and we'll get done. I want to hear everybody's uh, thoughts on these. So California-based State oh, state House Holdings CEO Ed Schmoltz had mixed feelings about rescheduling and what the effect might be on California operations. He said HHS recommendation to reschedule cannabis to Schedule 3 was some welcome news, although about a decade late, unfortunately. Schedule 3 will be a big step in the right direction. Uh, though outright descheduling is far cleaner path for the cannabis industry. When speaking uh, specifically on the Golden State, he said that California continues to be challenged in a challenging environment to operate within. And taxation is still a disaster. I think, uh, you're not going to get any pushback on that one from this one. Um, Louis Koski, chief strategy officer at Metric, um, he said he's betting big on international reform. Uh, said he believes Germany will become the largest market for adult cannabis with the passage of its decriminalization bill, and that he ex expects it to take material steps towards providing commercialized cannabis to adult cannabis consumers through nonprofit social clubs earlier in the year and regional model projects later in the year. When it comes to domestic policy, Koski said that 2024 will see more states legalizing and decriminalizing, you know, big Big news there. They get every contract. So, you know, more money, more problems for them, I guess. 2024 is a presidential year, and those years have been pretty good for the expansion of cannabis legalization within the states. To the extent there are still states where the electorate um, can make the call on legalization, we might see a few more states put legalization on the ballot. Obviously, just talking about Florida there. Uh, air wellness, speaking of Florida, uh, uh, air wellness president and CEO David Goubert says that 2024 will be the 
year, MSO Empire Strikes Back. Can I get a little, you know, Star think, Wars music? I think, back, I think that might be, I think, I think he might be right about that one. He said they're going to strike back. He said maybe at the end of 2024, eyeing potential lucrative emerging market recreational opportunities with less existing culture to battle with like Ohio, as well as existing medical markets like Pennsylvania and Florida. He said, we all may see certain multi-state operators become a bit more aggressive in their expansion once again. Now, Edgar Allan Poe famously said to believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see. And I like to live by those words, but I still say witnessing uh, these execs lay you know, the, the public foundations for whatever they think that consumers, investors, uh, or whatever they want consumers, investors to believe that they're thinking is interesting enough, even if it's all a bunch of bullshit. Personally, I think we'll start to see some of the struggling established markets to test limits of the dormant commerce clause and launch interstate commerce before getting permission to do so. I think it's going to be a very spicy year in that, in that arena. Um, I think it's a lot of risk, but um, way more money to justify said risk. And specifically speaking on Oregon and California, it's about the only way that small farmers are going to legally survive at this point because the clock is running out. Those are just my thoughts, says Rico Lemie, the dopest dad on the street, reporting for Hyatt 9 News. I want to hear from the rest of the team. Do you guys think that these, uh, what do you guys think about these uh, executive predictions? Anything good there? Anything bad? Any uh, any uh, more predictions you didn't hear? These you predictions are all horseshit. Yeah, I think the legalization on 420 is just dumb. All of them, all of them, all of them. <laughs> right. But I think he just, he just uh, let the world know that he's a Democrat because the Democrats like to play around with those dumb dates and try to drop stuff, you know? Well, I mean, I mean, how many Republicans do we have that write marijuana stories? I'm just saying, like uh, Cory Booker and uh, Chuck Schumer, like, oh, yeah, those aren't, those 420, aren't, those we're going to do Democrats. this. Blah, 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 blah. Those are all Democrats. Because it's, it's all a joke to them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm... I'm with you on it. I think I think is, I think the the fact that he said that the rescheduling will happen on 420 just makes it just humorous. It's cute and whatnot, but like yeah. no one can take you seriously when you say things like that. Right. And suddenly, can, satire. We, can, we even, right. can we even take any of these <laughs> predictions seriously anymore? No. I mean, I'd rather. I think we can just take a magic eight ball and shake it at this point and come up with a better answer than any of these predictions that we're getting from our government. I have I have a lot better predictions. I have a lot better predictions than this guy. <laughs> I, I agree with that. What are they? Yeah, let's hear your predictions. You want to hear my prediction? Let's yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. All right. Trump's gonna be your next president. Yeah. <laughs> what about the industry? What about the industry? Yeah, the industry looks great industry, in orange. Here, here's here, here's the reality for the industry. The industry is there. There, if if it does go to schedule three, there there will be an influx in 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 dumb investors rallying around these cannabis stocks. Okay, but then about three to six months after that, everyone's going to be like, "Oh my God, why did we do this? This was so stupid. This was so stupid. We just lost all this money, and it's going to be even worse than it is now for the cannabis industry to gain funds." And the the one question that I really want to know is why he's saying that the the MSOs are going to be so bullish in 2024. I want to know where they're going to get all the money from in order to actually be bullish, because none of them got the money to be able to do it now. Yeah, they're take they're they're heading out of states. I mean, they're probably exactly. going to save on. Uh, they're all retreating. You know, they're all retreating. They're, 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 they're probably going to get it to be cash positive again because they've retreated those markets. That's they're not going to be cash positive, bro. They still owe the IRS all kinds of money and just all, all yeah, different but, payments. But, 
Yeah, but Jason, you can on paper it'll look like they're you know profitable. It'll look like they're above yeah. water. It doesn't matter about their also debt to the U.S. government. I mean, also compared to all of the other brands who are not doing very well in these various right. states, like all the small brands, all the mom mm -hmm. and pops, like you, you obviously know what's happening to them. Everybody knows yep. what's happening to them. So comparatively, I feel like the MSOs might look like that, but only only relative. I, I think the MSOs are going to have way too much overhead on their hands for them to be able to to actually like remain lean and mean and, and whatnot. And I think the mom and pop stores, because of the fact that they're smaller, smaller, quainter and don't have as much overhead that, that they will be able to navigate through this better. That's, I hope. That's my I want the mom. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mom and pop kind of gal. So See? I feel Mary, Mary, I would, what, I would Mary, love it mm -hmm. if they Mary, what are you, what are your, stuck around. What are your predictions? What are your predictions? What are my the, predictions? Um, um, I, well, recently, like the one that comes off the top of my head is the, is farm bill action. I'm really interested to see what happens there. And obviously there's going to be a huge shift in some way with like the whole Delta eight, Delta nine, Delta 100. Mm -hmm. There's going to be all of the, um, I think all of that is going to be kind of, uh, switched around changed it's going to be different than it currently is and i don't i don't know exactly how it's going to be different it would make sense if these things were regulated so that we're not having like the equivalent of bathtub gin mm -hmm. delta 8 in, in in vape pens however and edibles and you know smokable delta 8 flower etc but i also am not sure because our government can barely get it together and we can barely get it together in terms of understanding how to regulate these substances mm -hmm. so We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I, I'm as long as, sitting, as long as this, I got the popcorn. Yeah, you're not. You're not a delta as, eight. As long as we have a bifurcated system for that, it's going to be a shit show. I mean, it's yeah. it's a totally, totally it's totally ridiculous. On one side, you have to climb Everest just to be able to operate and sell legal cannabis flour. On the other end, you know, you don't have to do shit. You can just go and broker. Uh, you know, converted Delta eight liters or even Delta nine liters converted from CBD. This is a true shit show. And, you know, the worst part is we have some very highly intelligent people in this country with degrees, PhDs, doctors that are that are perpetuating this. And that's what's sickening. If we want to fix this shit, the people have to get their heads out of their ass and they have to actually help to promulgate a new system where we can all benefit. Well, we, Mary's Mary's bringing the popcorn, and I will be sipping the tea for all of this in 2024. Liberty, yes, liberty, and we are going to go to a commercial. And we're going to be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Y'all know who he is. Mm -hmm. The highest Republican in the room, known for smoking the best weed in the world, <laughs> wherever he goes. <laughs> and this morning, yes, he's on some more Mar-a-Lago 45 <laughs> ex-felon president bullshit, trying to suck me in. But you know what? <laughs> new year, new energy. I'm all about positivity, and I'm not taking that bait. Coming yeah. to the stage is Jason. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never knew mug shots could be a big fundraising wild. opportunity, did you, Rico? I take shots out of my mug, too. Mm -hmm. Favorite part about that is his never surrender on yes, those shirts. That's and right. It's literally a picture of him surrendering. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Of course. He encapsulates the uh, Trump experience in uh, one, uh, one t shirt. 
Jeez Louise, you guys. Man, oh man. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of shit going on all in cannabis. And today, my story is out of Missouri, where a Missouri marijuana dispensary raises concerns for Northwest Arkansas police, you guys. Flora Farms is closing its Neo Show location and opening a new marijuana dispensary in Pineville, Missouri on Friday concerning police in Northwest Arkansas. The new location at 70 Missouri Lane is less than one mile from the Arkansas border, a state that, unlike the Show Me State, does not allow adult-use cannabis use. As a result, some Northwest Arkansanians... Uh, uh, police, uh, excuse me, Northwest Arkansas Police Departments are concerned about residents crossing the border to purchase marijuana to bring back to the natural state. The state line uh, coincides with almost our city limits, so it's a high traffic on Highway 59 that comes through. Captain Dana Wynn of the Sulphur Springs Police Department said, So there is a little bit of concern that we are going to be having Arkansas residents go to Missouri and purchase marijuana. Marijuana is legal for Arkansas residents with a medical card. The law states that medical card holders can purchase up to two and a half ounces of marijuana from legal dispensaries every 14 days. Cancer, glaucoma, post-traumatic stress disorder, and severe nausea among the qualifying conditions for Arkansas residents to obtain a medical marijuana card if someone is caught possessing marijuana without a medical marijuana card it is a misdemeanor on the first offense and is punishable by up to one year in jail and a $2,500 fine subsequent marijuana offenses are confiscate or considered a felony in Arkansas in quotes if we pull a car over and they happen to have marijuana on them and they do not have a medical marijuana card then that that leads to an arrest, Wynn said. That person is taken into the Benton County Jail where they will be processed for the charge or charges that they they've received and posted that they've received and posted bond or possibly issued a citation with a court date if it is a misdemeanor. Wynn believes the dispensary's proximity to the Arkansas state line could result in increased patrol on Highway 59 and, in quotes, will expect and I expect more traffic stops to be conducted on traffic violations, Wynn said, and some additional training for the officers in reference to this type of activity going on since it's going to be bordering our state and bordering our city. Wynn advises people to be truthful and cooperate with law enforcement if they are stopped and suspected of marijuana possession. He said his, this car can lower the number of, of charges someone can face. And Wynn said people considering buying marijuana in Missouri should always go the legal route. In quotes, if you, go the, if you go the legal route, then there's no subsequent offense or subsequent trouble you can get into, Wynn said. There's rules, there's regulations to abide by those, they say. Well, 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 well. I just wonder, is Arkansas going to become the new Nebraska when it comes to legal adult use sales because of this proximity to Colorado? And this just reminds me of about 10 years ago when Colorado first legalized cannabis and they were having all kinds of stops and you could even get pulled over for just having Colorado plates if you're driving around in Nebraska. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. What do y'all think about this? I, I think you're wrong on that. Uh, the difference is Arkansas actually has dispensaries, so they already have a cannabis program. But only there. medical, bro. Only yeah, medical. It doesn't matter. Nebraska is anti, and, and they they abstain completely from cannabis. So at least bro, you have some. They're saying the same thing. Framework. They're saying the well, same look, thing, Simon. They're saying if you if you don't have on, a card, you're fucking getting Jason, jacked. 
Jason, you're telling me if you get caught with possession in Arkansas versus in Nebraska, it's the same thing? I don't think so, bro. I think in Nebraska, you're getting basically lynched for having an eighth of cannabis. I and think in, you're getting the same in lynching Arkansas, there. You're going to be okay. No, you're gonna no, get no. Let I just you read the let charges. Let I just read the charges. For example, we, we have a mutual friend who is of the brown melanin skin tone who got pulled over in Arkansas. Having brown with melanin cannabis, skin has nothing to do with the story. Completely. If that same said person was pulled over things, in Lincoln, Nebraska, he going to jail. They just said that you're going to be going to jail too in this story. Dude, you're you're gonna get let go for minor, small amounts That's of possession. Not what right? Whatever said. that is, is that two ounces, or one ounce, is an eighth? I don't know. I say Nebraska, it's an ounce. I say it's an ounce. Joint, you're gonna get the book thrown at you. you yeah, you can tell. You That's can go ahead and tell them. You know, if, if you are melanin deficient, you can go ahead and tell them. Uh, oh, sorry. Officer, that, I don't believe actually, in the melanin deficiency argument. I believe in the and in the recommendation recommendation deficiency <laughs> argument. That makes a lot more sense. Jason, you seem like you're getting uh, a little perturbed. I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> not at all, bro. It's a happy Tuesday, bro. It's the fucking first work day of the year. Well worked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stone, what do you think about this? You're pretty close to Arkansas. Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of the same here. I think Arkansas actually is a little ahead of Texas. But, I, you know, I, we're used to it from the Colorado days when you'd come, when you drive. I don't drive up there anymore, but when I drive back, you'd get hit in those little Texas towns right after you cross through oklahoma or through new mexico and they're just they know where you're coming from where you've been exactly. blah, blah, blah. but i i mean i agree with saman I, I, it's, that's a, a real life study just happened right there you a know real, it's just been a real life like, study a real life study you're, you mean you're like, much bigger trouble in nebraska basically is what i'm saying much bigger i don't know i don't know yeah. if you're gonna get in more trouble in nebraska or more trouble in there if you end on a football field either. and you're in nebraska i mean you might as well go white face and a medical card it solves the problem <laughs> i i agree with that todd right? exactly they, they, but, but 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 still arkansas has reciprocity for their medical program they have reciprocity in nebraska they don't that's what i'm yeah, saying but i think i think if you have a good enough lawyer you could argue that you are you are a patient and that if, patient you, if you if you, if you are able med. to present a medical card then you would you i i, th I think you'd be able to get out of that uh, yeah, sure, but not every citizen in the United States should have to go retain a lawyer just to fight for an eighth of cannabis. It's ridiculous. Right. Well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, Simon. The world's not a perfect place. Hey, you know, I'm the we're the we're the true you know, testament. You don't remember? You don't remember the, the song? You got to fight for your rights to party. <laughs> yeah. Can I yeah, sang by, by three gentrifying ass uh, rappers. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> bitter. You oh, messed with a whole generation right now, exactly. Rico. Oh man, always. Just saying, Jason, one. just saying. You mm. tee that one up, baby. Yeah, and, and, and also too, you know, hey, hey, what, what if, what if the people claim that it's THCA flower? Well, that's that's a whole another amazing argument. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exact. See, see what I'm saying? We weren't gonna smoke it. We were Jason, gonna eat Jason, it. Jason, you're like you're like the Rick. Yeah, we were gonna Rick eat Rubin it. of the cannabis game. You're like the Rick Duden of the cannabis. We're gonna, like, gonna take dry hits off of this joint. Exactly, officer. Dry hits. You still get the terps when you dry hit it. Yeah, hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's delicious. Mm -hmm. They're just like popping nugs of THCA flour. Exactly. Yeah, all, all day. All day. Yeah, just all day. Grind all them day. up and snort them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so easy, yeah, exactly. Easy true. Goes down easy. Exactly. As long as I don't leave it in the sun, we're going to be all right. Good to go. Or you got a, you got a magnifying glass in the, in the, in the glove box? <laughs> no, I, I don't do that weirdo hippie <laughs> shit. Those solar solar hits. No, it takes so long. 
Boring. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I like. I like. I like a good old, a good old American made big lighter. Good old American made big lighter. I don't even. Do I don't even like love butane on your flower. I love the butane. Extra terps. Extra terps. Yeah, butane still, flower for sure. Gassy. Yeah, I'm all about the gas, girl. I'm all about gas up and go. And speaking of the gas, up, what's that? What's that stone? Hey, no, dude, Bit is, Bit is uh, from France, the French company, Jason. What is? Bic Lighters is a French company. Let me tell you something. I've only bought mine in America. <laughs> Let me tell you something, bro. All right. <laughs> I've only bought no, mine Bic. in America. Do you guys know Bic Lighters sell 6 million lighters a day? Yeah. Wow. Dang. That's because right. people, that's because it's the number one stolen uh, item in America. That's right. That's right. Because all, <laughs> all you stoners out there are taking right. other people's lighters. Six it's true. It's true. We're all day. freaking guilty of that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. We're all guilty. It's a million oh, a day. Man. Put that in He's your supply chain. Of the French company products. You know, it was front, uh, the socialist products coming out of mm -hmm. France. Put, right for Jason. Put that in your social. Yeah, yeah whatever, bro. We're going we're gonna to keep this train rolling. <laughs> we're going to roll right on in to Mr. Stone Slade. <laughs> He's the man from Austin, Texas, who loves Delta 8 and traveling to Omaha mm -hmm. to get his flowers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. He is Mr. Stone Slade, the man from Austin, and he's constantly hitting the high road. That's right. And, and apparently, he's got a gold record. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. I give him a crowd applause. Come on, Jason. Shit. Uh, that, that's Adam. Is. That's Adam, bro. Adam does the applause, bro. Nice try. No, I can blame you for things. That's, that's down, 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 people. Okay, we're ready. Let's do the news. Welcome parents and caregivers to a frank and practical discussion about parenting in the era of legal cannabis. I'm coming to you not just as a news correspondent, but as a parent who's navigated the ever-changing tides of parenting, cannabis, and rock and roll. With my own kids spanning the ages of, here we go, folks, 31, 27, and 16, I've got some unique insight to share. Let's take a look back to the 70s when... My folks openly con uh, consumed cannabis, and I was the unofficial joint courier stage at Grateful Dead concerts, joint in hand, innocently delivering it from Jerry Garcia to who knows who. Reflecting on uh, my own childhood, I understand. I understood early on the importance of demystifying it. Now, as a parent, I've aimed to break the taboo surrounding cannabis by engaging in honest discussions with my kids rather than shrouding it in mystery. When younger with younger children, it's crucial to frame cannabis in an adult medicine that's off limits to them, just like any prescription drug. We played the mommy and daddy's medicine card, you know, the old, this helps us, but our little it's our little secret spiel. It's a bit twisted, but hey, so is the dare officer quizzing your kids about what your weekend habits are. Safety is paramount here, ensuring that all cannabis products, especially edibles, are securely stored and out of reach. There have been way too many uh, recent reports about really dumbass parents leaving their stash out and kids are finding it and eating it and makes us all look bad. Making prohibitionist jobs way too easy. <laughs> Navigating the teenage years requires a blend of honesty and leading by example. The do as I say, not as I do approach falls flat. It's about cultivating a relationship where open dialogue about substance abuse, including the risks of today more dangerous drugs like fentanyl is encouraged. Fentanyl is no joke. This talk could literally save your kids' lives. While they're compelling stories about cannabis providing relief, 
For some conditions in children, it's important to remember that it's not a universal remedy. Making informed decisions about cannabis use for children, especially when considering uh, CBD and THC requires careful thought and often medical advice. However, maybe not from your typical doctor because as most of us know, they may not be properly educated on the plant. As our kids move into their college years, the landscape of substance abuse changes. It's not about a blanket prohibition, but about having the uh, informed discussions on responsible consumption and the importance of prioritizing their health and future aspirations. In this evolving landscape where cannabis intersects with our daily lives, our responsibilities as parents encompasses more than just care and guidance. It involves initiating and maintaining open, honest conversations about cannabis. And this guide aims to provide you guys with insights and strategies to tackle those discussions head on. Leveraging our own experience to empower our children to make informed, thoughtful decisions. Now, as we incur, as we continue to navigate these conversations, let's embrace a, parent, a parenting approach that balances wisdom, openness, and a healthy dose of humor. Here's to fostering a future where our children are well-equipped to make choices that are right for them in a world that's ever-changing. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt Nine News. I see what you did there. You kiss your, your mother with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, Stone, in the last sentence. That was pretty cute. You like that? That was that was, that was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there with those foster parentings. Mm-hmm. You're right, though. You got to be open and honest with your kids you know, nowadays. Information is available everywhere, we'll right? So if you don't tell them the story, they're going to learn the story somewhere. Yeah. And, and oh, my kid was stealing my weed when he was about 14. <laughs> oh, we had to have the talk, you know, around then. Don't steal and, uh, that stash. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, don't steal my shit, bro. I was more mad that he stole than he was smoking weed. Yeah, I, I didn't really care that he was smoking weed as much as he much the fact shit. that he was jacking your shit that you already had. No, you already had it in your mind that you could smoke it. I'm saying, you yeah, know. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't smoke with him until he was 21. Mm -hmm. um, I felt I had to wait. Felt mm -hmm. that was the thing to do. Got it. And uh, it's funny because uh, his friends used to come over and hang out and did whatever they did. Right. When they were in high school and first year of college and everything. As soon as they all turned 21, they all came over. They're like, we're smoking with God. Mm -hmm. It was so funny. It's crazy. <laughs> they were stealing all my weed. Of course they were. My dad, my dad came to me at one point, and he was like, Stone, if somebody was stealing nuggets out of your bag of weed, would you notice? I was like, oh, shit. That's yeah. <laughs> your dad named you Stone, so. I know. Stone, at what age were you delivering joints to the Grateful Dead? Oh, man. No, this is like just backstage. I mean, I was four, three, four years old. Talking, walking, four. going across the amazing backstage area. <laughs> you know? I had a feeling you were going to say some minor age. I it was super. Hey, yeah. I wasn't smoking. But the thing, the, the point is, is it was natural to me. It was something I knew the adults did. Yeah, yeah I'll take this over there. I didn't have any any curiosity of, of even trying it until when I was a teenager and I met my straight friends. You know, I was friends with mm -hmm. straight guys that parents weren't like my parents, and they oh, were you mean, like, oh, you mean oh, straight right. like that? Like they don't, they didn't smoke? Like they were squares right. or something? Right. Okay, all right. I mean, I grew up with a lot of shit happening around me that I'd say a lot of people probably didn't. And so I was I was a well hardened little young man. Yes. But I didn't I didn't have a, a, a curiosity in trying it until 
I met my friend, I had friends that were like, they wanted to try it because it was this taboo thing. And I was like, that's just like normal shit. And then, then of course I tried it and I fell in love and now look at me. I have a question for, for, <laughs> for those friends that wanted to try it. Did, did you tell them that you knew a guy? Pretty much. Yeah. You I did. knew where to get that. You did. You know where to get that. Yeah. Look at that. Mm -hmm. And the trap lives on and the trap lives on. I mean, what, what do you think about this? Simon? you got kids, you got little ones over there in the house. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely have, um, like I smoke a lot of weed. I'm not gonna like front, like I don't, um, my kids definitely have been, um, you know, they've, they've, they've seen me smoking in the distance. They have like probably smelt it. Um, but like, you know, it's, I, I think you have to in integrate this into the, into the, like the rhetoric into like the um the way you deal with your kids and the way you just live your life in general if you even if you are 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 just smoking you know once in a while it's like you still need to explain that you still need to go um you know the extra length to, to deliver a little message whether that be you know depends on your kids i have small kids i have like a, a four going or five daughter and my son is a year and a half um you know i mean they can start running joints I mean, that's why I was like three years old. Dude. I mean, I've been waiting for this moment. Like my son delivering me my tray, my rolling tray, my 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 jar of weed. Um, no, Shim to roll, kidding. he'll be way better I'm than you. Kidding. I'm only kidding for all the parents that are going to fillet me. Just, um, just, just no, teach but, him uh, how to roll hemp. I I really I really just believe that um, as long as they understand that this is just a part of your life and that it's not some taboo thing, they're not going to turn into like these deviants that are going to like sneak around to to use it. But I you know I haven't even attempted to think about the future and uh, when they're really older, uh, older old enough to really understand. But at that point, it's it's going to become so normalized and so integrated into our society that it'll be like a liquor store it'll be like that where um you know we grew up i i had like an alcoholic grandfather so you know i mean we grew up around that we understood that hey that's you know that is an adult thing to do and it's going to inebriate you we we obviously noticed that as children so you know i think it's just about being honest um you know, not not uh, you don't have to get into like all of the science, but of course, when you're using it as medicine, um, it makes a completely different um, storyline mm -hmm. for the kids. Very, very, you're very true. You're 100 percent right about like when, when you're ready to have that talk, it's going to be different because it's going to be so much more normalized. The talk I had with my older kids that are, you know. 30 and 27 is way different than the one that I had with my, my kid that's 16 now. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's scary. I don't even want to. I mean, it's it's my it's mind blowing. Uh, the the capacity children have for understanding is crazy. I'm, so you also you know you have to you have to believe that they already understand this. They already know this, and you giving an explanation just affirms you know whatever their suspicions or whatever their thing is, so that it it kind of quells that curiosity, so it doesn't turn into that um, thing where when we were in high school we were sneaking around smoking weed, drinking, um, you know, getting into trouble. God forbid my kids do that, but it's probably going to happen because children. But um, you know, I want to I want to limit that um, the 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 kind of the conformity to like the societal thing as children, where you don't tell your parents this stuff. It's like, no, I want my kids to be open with me. I want them to talk to me. But I think that just is all about parenting in general. Um, if you're if you're gonna like um, be punitive to your children for doing things then they're going to hide it from you so it's it's a tough balance being a parent um you know but uh even tougher when you're a parent 
you know, that consumes cannabis. So Simone. good luck to all you parents out there. I, I'd love to know what everybody does and how everybody goes about this. I have a quick question for, for, for Stone real quick before we before we move on, Stone. Because you have you have you have sons and daughters. And so I wonder, is your conversation around cannabis different between your sons and different between your daughters? Or is it the same conversation? No, it's the same conversation. The same only conversation. difference was, was in the, the, the age and, and where we are as a society with the plant and, and its normalcy. You know, it's it's just a, I had such an age gap between the, when I, I thought I was done and then I had another one. Um, <laughs> the, the conversation changed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But no, male, female. I mean, what do you? I don't understand. That shouldn't. I don't. I don't think that should make a difference. I think. I, I, I think. I, I think if I had a daughter and I had a son, I would be having two different conversations with them. Yeah, like the daughter gets free weed and the son has to pay for it. That's how that goes. <laughs> oh, it's cute, Saman. Cute. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. <laughs> The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Yeah, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure that you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it deep down inside, and YouTube will appreciate it. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel right now. And all the stories that we cover on today's show, you can read directly on our website at www.hiatnightnews.com. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Shine on his head. That's right. It's Mr. Todd Dankin. He's the founder of Digipath Labs as well as the the Smuggleverse, where you can find all of your digital dank. But if you need some testing done, make sure you holler at Todd because he's out there in Las Vegas. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Sure. Todd Dankin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, go on. No, really. Go on. <laughs> hey, happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Everybody had a great uh, new year. Looking forward to a wonderful 2024. Uh, my story is out of Michigan, where cops are learning how to give people tickets. Terrible story. Mm. So there's an increase in demand for drug recognition experts now that uh, marijuana is legalized. Deputy Cody Karina is a drug recognition expert, or what they call a DRE, at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Michigan. He's trained to detect impairment for marijuana and a number of other drugs. 
been busier than ever since Michigan legalized recreational marijuana in 2018. Tina said, it's called lack of convergence. So I'm seeing if their eyes can converge on a stimulus. It has several tests specifically for marijuana and has undergone special training to get certified as a DRE. Said filling out the DRE report takes much longer than a normal incident report. Also said, DRE school is the hardest training I've ever done. I mean, even I was 10 years in the military. Still the hardest training I've ever done. I mean, the final exam, I was doing it for like eight hours. You know, one guy, it took 13 hours, he added. Gentile is an attorney who prosecuted cases with the help of a DRE, has defended clients against DRE. Said Ohio will probably need more DREs since recreational marijuana is legal. Also added that uh, once the availability of marijuana becomes as prevalent as we all expect it to be, we're going to need more DREs and police officers that are certainly better trained on how to detect and arrest impaired drivers on drugs. Teal said, as a prosecutor, DREs can be a reliable can be reliable since they usually have to be right. He likes them to back up their assessment with an actual blood test. He said being wrong could hurt their case. It's sharp. And Teal also added, then the results come back and the officer finds out I was right or I was wrong. If the officer was wrong, that's going to hurt in court because obviously valuable how much credibility does an officer have for determining what classification of drugs somebody's impaired on they're wrong but Karina is the only dre in this county he said the testing is vital there isn't a device that can detect impairment for marijuana also added that we take a 12-step systematic and standardized process and we take those individual observations that might be subjective to somebody we can actually make them objective. I don't know how. Um, I don't know if you guys are showing that video, but you can see he's like moving a pen in front of somebody's eye oh, yeah. and making them Bobby, around. Feet together, and it, your side. so dumb. And I'll says, say, if we're see seeing something that's light, consistent with here. impairment, Deputy then Cody nothing Cody comes back in the blood. Is that because it's a drug that's not tested for? Or is it because maybe they had some kind of medical impairment going on, he said? Then we have to go back to our evaluation and see exactly what happened. He said it's best to test someone early on because impairment can wear off. Blood tests take months to get results. First of all, the fact that a blood test takes months to get results is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Run a lab, it doesn't take months to do a blood test. He's trained to detect it's just the reality. Way more silliness happening in Michigan. DREs, I'm Todd Dangan with Hyatt 9 News. You guys think of this ridiculousness. I mean, Todd, when I'm watching that video, all I can think of is is, is men in black. Like, here, look at this. And boom, all you forget. Forget everything. Yeah, yeah. They're deprogramming us, the bastards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's more reprogramming than deprogramming. But I really think it's funny because, like, how many persuasions? Look how he tests his eyes, his his. Yeah, his look at that. Oh, wow. you see, did you see that? Did you see that pupil, did you see that pupil yeah. chart? Pupil chart. <laughs> pupil chart. If if a cop ever pulled out that chart on me, man. Oh, I bro, that's I, I, I want one of those. I want one of those. Pupil chart. I want one for my kid. Chart.
That's someone that come home from parties in high school. Like, how violated uh, are your pupils? I mean, in, in all fairness, That's I mean, I mean, science. I mean, the, the, what the cops should be doing with that information is giving it, giving that to parents. They should be having like little community events where like meet and greet with parents and giving the parents those cards, so then that way they could check to see. Yeah, but what are they gonna do? Like, have a on their paperwork? Is it a form? They have a face and they draw the like draw you, a circle. Can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine, bro? You like you're high. You just got back from the rave. You're sleeping in your bed, and your parent comes in and wakes you up and is like, "Here, open up your eyes," and then like holding the <laughs> card up next to your face. Where did the cannabis man touch you? <laughs> just draw it. Oh, oh my God! Us on the doll I mean, where the cannabis touched you. I mean, I never really realized that drugs were so hard to recognize, especially with the pro, pro uh, with the, the the prevalence of them in all of our cities nowadays, with all these harm reduction clinics and everything. I don't know. I know if somebody is wasted or not. It's, exactly. It's not my first that, That's barbecue. what I'm saying. And, it's, and, it's and, so and the, obvious. And the worst part is that they teach they teach drug recognition experts. This is the worst of it all. Okay, is that they teach you that if you smoke marijuana, that it turns your tongue green. What do you think about that, Mary? This is a true thing. This is a real real thing. This is a hundred percent factual information. Hundred percent. I think that is factual information. I think that's absolutely fucking insane. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Don't you How, think? Don't you think that it stereotypes? My tongue has never turned green. Don't you think that it stereotypes <laughs> people that like Jolly Ranchers and Charms, Charms Blow Pops? And those, and beer. Uh, yes, every every green candy ever. Also, green beer on. Um, does that, does on, green beer you turn know, your tongue green? Say Patty's Day. Does green beer turn your I tongue mean, green? I mean, it could if you have enough of it. If you smoke weed with it, it could. Potentially, if you're eating the THCA, <laughs> potentially, yeah, flour. but only only if you're smoking THCA flour. <laughs> only if you're, you're, you're eating, just eat the flour, and then it turns yeah, green. Just, girl. Uh -huh. Then it'll only turn your teeth green, though. It'll only, only. turn yeah. your teeth green. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> you got any thoughts on this, Stone Slade? No, no. The people chart. No. I checked out on the people chart, man. That's <laughs> so, been great coming home from a rave and, and mom's like looking at the people chart. She's like, You've been smoking weed. Exactly. Okay. Uh, no, no, you've been you've been rolling. Oh man, they look the same. I don't know how to tell. Oh man. I, I had a friend who got pulled over one time when he was on acid and the cops were definitely looking at his pupils and he was even calling the officer. He was like, Hey, come over here, look at this guy, bro. He's on some good ones. <laughs> yeah it was he, nice. he was he was frying balls on acid at the time but uh we are gonna keep this did he get in trouble um no he did not get in trouble because it was in a very um very ghetto ghetto neighborhood and they had a lot other real crime to focus on as opposed to just people running around tripping on acid What's the key when you're tripping balls is go to a bad neighborhood. Yeah, do it in a bad neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah, terrible advice. Don't listen to these guys. Stay away from cops. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Coming up next, that's right. It's Mr. Saman Razani. He's a plant formulation expert, as well as his formulations have reminded women over 50 how to say hello again. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Saman Razani. All right, all right. Happy 2024. Amazing. Yeah. Well, guys, I got a story from uh, the AP today. We have uh, a story coming out of Alabama. Medical marijuana dispensary licenses blocked in Alabama amid dispute over selection process. 
Montgomery, Alabama, a judge temporarily blocked Alabama from issuing licenses to medical marijuana dispensaries amid an ongoing legal battle over how the state selected the winning companies. Montgomery Circuit Judge James Anderson issued a temporary restraining order late Thursday to stop the Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission from issuing licenses to the, to the four dispensaries. The licenses will be on hold while he hears a challenge to the selection process. The court order is the latest development in an ongoing legal battle that has plagued the start of Alabama's medical marijuana program. Alabama lawmakers uh, voted to allow medical marijuana in the state in 2021. Commission officials are aiming to make the products available in 2024 after a series of delays. The ruling affects only the dispensaries, Brittany Peters, a spokesperson for the commission said Friday, that the commission has issued licenses to other companies that were selected to cultivate, transport, and test marijuana. The commission next month is set to issue the coveted integrated licenses for multifunctional companies that grow, transport, and sell medical marijuana. Anderson has not yet ruled on the, on the request to block the issuance of the integrated licenses. <clears throat> Yellowhammer Medical Dispensaries had sought the pause on the dispensary licenses. Yellowhammer was selected in the commission's first two attempts to award the licenses this summer, but the commission rescinded the awards amid disputes about the selection process. Yellowhammer was not selected in the latest round. Patrick Dungan, a lawyer representing Yellowhammer, said the company is pleased to see the courts intervene. Dungan said Yellowhammer is, has had unsuccessfully urged the commission to allow two dispensary licenses to go forward and without a decision or I'm sorry, and withhold a decision on the final two. He said the company is only looking for a fair opportunity to be heard on how we were denied a license after achieving the second highest score and being awarded a license twice. Anderson said he is sympathetic to concerns about delaying the availability and medical marijuana, but said a pause on the licenses is merited. And uh, that's Saman Razani reporting for High at Nine News. What do you guys think of the corruption in uh, the process to get a license? I mean, I mean, is anyone really surprised about this? I mean, this thing has been going on for like almost a year and a half now, it seems like. I mean, it seems like it's been going on for, you know, two years, three years. Yeah, like I, I mean, we've been in Alabama. Yeah, like I almost thought good that, politics have been going on since the beginning of time. Oh, did you say, did you say good politics? <laughs> oh, crooked, crooked, oh, crooked, politics. crooked politics, crooked <laughs> politics. That's funny. That is funny. I mean, I, I'm not surprised at all. This, this, I mean, they, they they picked people that 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 weren't winners in the beginning of this whole thing, and and there were people that were winners that didn't get selected in the final process, and they tried to say that they had basically executive yeah. privilege to pick and choose whoever they wanted to win. So, like, I don't even understand why you even have a rubric and a scoring process if you just want to pick those people. Right. But, right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just what it is. Mm -hmm. I we, I have a couple friends in the Alabama. Uh, process of uh, obtaining a license and um, you know they're dealing with it all and uh, it's it's been really tough they feel like they have a glimmer of hope with all of these um, you know rulings but at the end of the day just like you said Jason it's already been ordained who is uh, who's gonna hold those licenses so it's a it's a it's a travesty um, for these local governments to corrupt this process and these state governments to corrupt this process but you know that's just all the more reason why we need federal a federal overhaul 
um, and in the direction of descheduling, not rescheduling. So mm-hmm. hopefully someone's hopefully someone's paying attention to all this nonsense. But at the same hopefully. at the same token, I don't think so. You think people pay attention now all of a sudden? I think people pay to play, and that's how the way it goes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that in every jurisdiction. You... Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's all it depends on who everywhere. you partner with. Oh. It's all about who oh. say that it's all about who you partner with? Yeah, it's all about who you partner with. It's all the local guys who want to get who have are standing in line with their hand out and say, Hey, the pot money's gonna make all this money. I want to make my money too. You basically have to know the guys that are in the same country club with the lawmakers and the judges and the DA and all these people. You have to, you have to know those guys. And if you don't know those guys, good luck. Do you walk up to Knowing the mayor goes a long way. Yes, it does. (laughs) Nevada is a good old boy state. You know, it's the same exact thing. And, you know, we're going on nine years and the top guys still have the top guys. And when the department of taxation was running things, um, and uh, Jorge Pupo was the guy in charge, mm-hmm. and um, he was just giving them out to people giving him money. He got indicted for it. Shout out to Larry. <laughs> Shout out to Larry, the big winner. Shout out to Larry, the big the big winner out there in Nevada. Hey, yeah, yeah. What yeah. up, Larry? Yeah, what up, Larry? Yes, exactly. We're gonna keep this train train rolling. We we're gonna try to end on time or as close to on time as humanly possible. Coming up with her debut. We have Miss Mary Carrion. She is a journalist and editor at Double Blind Magazine and co-founder of the Hyphy Leaks podcast. Her work has appeared in Billboard, KCRW, NPR, Insider, Double Blind Magazine, Forbes, the LA and Magazine, Land Magazine. I don't know if that's typo. The Land Magazine. Okay, the Land Magazine. High Times Magazine, OC Weekly. (laughs) LA Weekly and many, many other publications. And now she's going to be published too on Hyatt 9 News with her debut story. That's right. It is none other than Miss Mary Carrion. Hello. Yeah, she's getting it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. It is very nice to be here. I'm honestly honored to be here on January 2nd, 2024. Didn't even know that I could live this long, but here we are. And so the story that I'm going to talk to you guys about today is uh, a story from Marijuana Moment, and it's about the DEA. I love stories about the DEA because they're hidden so often from society unless, um, you know, they're attacking somebody, unless they're targeting someone, a group of people, everything. So I really love DEA stories so that we can learn more information about their motives, what they're doing, and kind of get a a greater insight into what's happening. Um, And so for this story, the DEA is, the, the DEA is doing a lot of research on, on, psychedelics and cannabis, as we know. But this year, in 2024, they have upped their production specifically on THC, psilocybin, and DMT, and they're doing it for research purposes. And um, they're also doing it to meet medical and scientific needs. Uh, The DEA is calling for 20,000 grams of psilocybin, which is up... um, which is up from an initially proposed 15,000 grams. And they are also producing 11,000 grams of DMT, which is up from 3,000 grams of DMT uh, in 2022. So 
They're calling also for Delta 9 THC and all other tetrahydrocannabinol, increasing uh, them to millions of grams, 1,523,040 grams and 1,166,130 grams, respectively. Um, the agency has been increasing research quotas year after year as its interests in the therapeutic potential of cannabis and psychedelics continues to grow. And that's been especially true of psychedelics in the more recent years. Uh, and it's been coinciding with the historic local, state, and federal reforms to decriminalize entheogenic plants and fungi while promoting scientific research and therapeutic access. Um, for example, the 2020 quota for the DEA uh, for psilocybin was only 30 grams, and that's compared to 20,000 grams in its latest proposal. And if it wasn't clear, this means that the DEA is going to be either like, you know, con contracting chemists to essentially make the DMT or make the psilocybin or grow the mushrooms, et cetera, or grow the cannabis or make the Delta eight or, you know, whatever. So they're doing that in order to be able to distribute these compounds to people who are going to be conducting um, the clinical trials. So like Johns Hopkins, for instance, or Harvard University, or, you know, these major institutions that'll be telling us maybe what we already know about these substances. Um, what I found most interesting about this story, however, was the DEA's comments or uh, responses to the public comments. And I say that specifically because um, in the new document that was released about the up, the uptick in production for the for DMT and psilocybin and all these other compounds, um, there were comments around how uh, the uh, DEA's production quotas do not are are not for uh, religious use studies. There's there's nothing about this for religious use, and um, people express frustration that the agency has disregarded people's legal religious use of psychedelics as a factor when setting the production quotas of these substances. And the commenters asked for a hearing with the DEA to discuss this issue, and the agency just did not address that at all whatsoever. And um, so there is a group of people who are hoping to get studies about these substances, um, and they're not getting any—there's not. There's no headway. There is no research being done into the religious use of psychedelics. Um, I personally love— that because oh, I, I don't love that. I hate it. But I am as a journalist, I'm very interested in that because um, the DEA kind of plays God when it comes to religious churches and the religious use of psychedelics. Uh, the DEA uses the Controlled Substances Act as like the vanguard of the drug war. And in no place does the CSA mention anything about religious use or being able to even see drugs in any way uh, as a vehicle for religious use, even though that's something that's been done for thousands of years. I wrote a story about it for Double Blind, really called out the DEA. If you're interested, you can go read it there. Um, Anyways, the DEA basically was just like, we have held discussions with representatives of indigenous communities when requested and continue to welcome further engagement and input. But, you know, obviously that's kind of a, a cop out. Um, 
Another pair of comments uh, recommended that the agency include fruiting bodies of mushrooms containing psilocybin and psilocin and actually use the peyote buttons containing mescaline instead of just using pure chemicals only, like just the mescaline chemical or just the psilocin compound or just the psilocybin compound. And basically the DEA said that um, those comp they don't they don't have kind of control of those things, which is very interesting. So their exact words were, um, the DEA responded that because the Controlled Substances Act has specific control over psilocybin and psilocin, the actual compounds, rather than the mushrooms containing these compounds, it will, only, it will continue to set quotas based on those individual constituents. So that's, that's it. Um, which I found extremely interesting. Uh, anyway, so at the end of this story, which again was provided by Marijuana Moment and written by Kyle Yeager, who is an excellent reporter. I'm sure you guys have used his, used his content throughout this, the duration of your show. Um, the finalized 2024 quotas come in the context of ongoing administrative review into this rescheduling and the scheduling status of cannabis that the DEA is actively carrying and receiving recommendation from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, to move marijuana from a Schedule One substance to a Schedule Three substance under the CSA. And it also comes as the FDA considers an application to authorize the use of MDMA as a prescription medication for post-traumatic stress disorder in light of the clinical trials demonstrating its therapeutic efficiency. And so, yeah, I mean, um, I think that this is, anytime the DEA is doing research or making the drugs or anything, um, I always kind of feel like it's followed by them trying to uh, ban certain substances, add things to the CSA and everything. Um, so I don't love it, but here we are. This is just the system in which we live. You know, drugs are bad <laughs> from the CF, uh, from, from the DEA. So, so yeah, so that's, that's my thought. That's my thought on this story. Um, you can read the entire thing over at marijuana moment. No, news. Yeah. That's where they want to read www.hyatt9news.com. Yes. Man, man, oh man, oh man. They just, I, I mean, I, I happen to agree with Jenny Beth on this. And she says, um, she says, she says on this, does anybody notice that they're willing to address anything other than cannabis referring to the DEA? And yeah. it feels that way because this story uh, c came out a couple months ago, and now all of a sudden it's coming out again, and now they've added DMT. Before they were just talking about uh, mushrooms and whatnot, and now they're adding DMT to the to the increase of substance that they want to test on. And I wonder who are going to be the people that get to test all the government DMT. The veterans. I mean, I, uh, it might be them. Yeah, it, <laughs> it might, might be them. them. It's it going to be the DEA. It, you know, it might be. You never know. Our, our government loves drugs, and we can't forget that. Like, uh, the history of the United States government and their obsession with drugs cannot be lost on any of us. Mm -hmm. And particularly LSD. Let it yes. be known, we cannot forget. So, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that, you know, the DEA is going to be doing it. But, I mean, once these drugs are created at this level and at this purity, it's almost impossible for it not to, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Get, exactly. You know, it's impossible for it not to move around, exactly. and that's just the nature. That's just like human nature and drugs. So, so people are going to be able to get better drugs if this happens. You're saying? Well, I. That's what would you're say telling. That that's in, what I'm hearing. 
I mean, I mean, in drug history, the way that it works is as soon as the government starts creating the drugs, it usually also mirrors and is out on the streets. So Stone, we're going to get better drugs, bro. What do you think about this, Stone? I mean, Austin is a pretty drug centric city. I mean, and even for you, Todd, Vegas is a pretty drug centric city. Yeah, I mean that's I'm all, all for, for better for better drugs. <laughs> yeah, all right. for better drugs. All for better drugs. That's right. I'm, you can't argue with I that. If, but, uh, I don't know if the government's capable of making better drugs mm -hmm. than the folks that are making the drugs, right? Because uh, what have they ever made that really worked out, right? I mean, Mississippi weed. It was grown at. <laughs> Yeah. Mississippi, right? And you know, that was medical yeah. marijuana for years terrible. and years. Well, you know what they are good it's at making? Terrible. It was terrible. You know what they are it's good horrible. at? horrible. It's the worst, yeah. You know what they are good at making, Todd? Mistakes. Mistakes and, and printing yeah. money. <laughs> hey, yeah, they're really good at printing money. Yeah, they're really good at printing money. They can do that really, really well. They should stick to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get in that line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man line. Simon, you got any thoughts on this on this drugs getting better i mean um one thing i took from that article that i kind of um thought was interesting was that they were um trying to adopt the the natural form of these compounds right so like from the actual cacti from the plants uh, from that natural alkaloid from those plants instead of the synthed alkaloids from you know whatever process is going on in a in a flask right in a lab so i think that was cool because that's typically not what we see we see we see the baseline being what's adopted by the pharma industry right so like got to have a pure compound to be able to gauge whether that's gonna you know be able to be incorporated when you're using all these natural compounds that have all these coalescing natural compounds with them in these extracts which are you know more beneficial from like a like a like a physiological perspective they're way better for you like a whole like a full spectrum cannabis oil is better than a distillate right but from a pharma standpoint they they want that distillate because they know that when they're formulating their products that they're not going to have any interference from any other compounds right they're going to they want the the dynamic effect from that drug to always be consistent and so i don't know i mean i'm a i'm a naturopath I'm not really a pharmacist, so like I'm more into like the natural whole plant medicines than I am the pharma grade product. But if we're being realistic, that the pharma grade product is what we're going to see be adopted um, in a ubiquitous way globally in, in the future. And the you know the shamanic tribalist traditions are going to stay in the small circles. So you know it's um, global acceptance and adoptance, great. But if we're delivering actual medicine, then we gotta we gotta consider that factor. So um, you know, I'll leave it up to everyone else to to determine. Mm -hmm. Gonna leave it up to the government. I think you're right to get better you're drugs. Right. <laughs> Everything just becomes an ingredient. It's you know mass population. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to do it. That's right. It's the only way to include all of this stuff inside consumer products. Mm -hmm. Is to create. An ingredient. I want to add C. I want to add THC. I want to add whatever. Right. And and what what do they always say? They say, "Be careful what you wish for." This you is might just they... get it. <laughs> they do Man. say that. Marinol for all. Marinol for all. That, but that's not a better drug. That's not a better. No, drug. I know, but that's the joke, right? It's like that's what they're going to give us, and they're going to tell us that it's cannabis. It's yeah, good for yeah. you because of all these studies and all the stuff that's been published and that's what that's how that works 
but then it might get covered by Medicaid. And so it's like, you know, with with a natural THC, like an RSO, shout out Beer Bro Farms. They they, they do an RSO that they give mm-hmm. to uh, patients and give to customers out. And, and they're one of the very few people that are doing that. Um, I mean, that's really the key. That's the medicine, not anything coming out of a, out of a lab, like out of a, you know, whatever, a Unilever lab or whatever in the future. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and on that, we are going we are gonna wrap this show up today. Thank you all so much for joining us and getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday, and at nine a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank yous to our audience supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our sponsors and thank you to all of our correspondents showing up. And thank you to you at home for tuning in and spending your time with us. We know you could be anywhere else, and we appreciate it. We appreciate it that you chose to spend your morning with us or possibly afternoon, depending where you are in the world. And nonetheless, thank you all for tuning in to High at Nine News. It is America's number one daily cannabis news show.